This is our seventh session now on Ephesians 3, 7 to 13, and it may prove to be, it feels like it to me, perhaps the deepest, most um, far-reaching into eternity past of anything we've done so far. So I just want to pray right off the bat because I'm in over my head here because I think that's where Paul wants us to go. Father, we're going to talk about eternity. We're going to talk about plan and good pleasure and will and purpose and plan. And all of this so great, so far-reaching, so eternal, so huge, it defies our capacities to grasp. So we pray, because I don't think Paul wrote in vain. I don't think he tantalized us. I pray that you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and have the eyes of our hearts enlightened that we might grasp some measure of what you intend us to see here about your eternal purposes. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. So that's Paul's vocation, his calling as a gift of God's grace to be a minister. And here are two purposes, to preach as gospel to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then number two, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. And that vocation and that uh, proclamation of the revelation that God has given Paul has this purpose, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And now we come to verse 11 which is what we have not looked at yet, and which is what we're going to look at now and try to go as deep as we can with God's help. This, namely, this purpose to show the manifold wisdom of God to the demonic powers, this was according to the eternal purpose that he worked in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, what he's saying is, the calling of Paul to be a minister by the grace of God, to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, so that the wisdom of God could be displayed to demons, all of that was according to, in accord with, in sync with, flowing from, and in perfect harmony with an eternal purpose. None of this was thought up in history. It was all according to an eternal purpose. And I want us to just linger for a few minutes 
over this word prothesis or purpose. So let's try to understand the purpose of God. How does Paul think about eternal purposes in God? Let's go to see how he uses these words elsewhere. Let's start perhaps at 1, 11, and 12. So we're going back to chapter 1. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose. There's the same word as we have in 3, 11. All of this was according to the eternal purpose. And now here we have, we were predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So we have the purpose of God according to the counsel of his will. So we have a will And that will seems to have in it a counsel. There's the will of God, ultimately, and in that will, there is, as it were, God taking counsel with himself to formulate infinite wisdom. And then let's go to verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure, sometimes translated purpose, but it's a different Greek word, the good pleasure of his will. So the will of God has in it not only counsel, will, counsel, good pleasure. So ultimately there's the will of God, there's nothing behind that. That will has about it a kind of wisdom of counsel as God consults, as it were, with himself, and he approves, he takes delight in, he approves and is glad about what he decides. There's no uh, disapproval in God's mind of what he chooses ultimately to do. And then let's go to verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. So the will and good pleasure are here again, which he purposed. Now here's the verb form of this word back here for purpose in 3.11. It was all according to the eternal purpose that he worked in Christ. And here it's a verb so that the, the will of God, the good pleasure of God, the counsel of God purposes things to happen. And what they purpose is a plan. We've seen this. So now I'm going to try to put the pieces together for you. Let's start here and say, if we trace back the eternal purpose of God, according to which All of this was done. We come to the will of God, which has in it the counsel of God and the good pleasure of God. I don't know of any ways 
really to distinguish those, so I'm boxing them all together as one thing, counsel in one eleven, and good pleasure in one five, which yields a purpose. You see that connection in one nine. The purpose yields a plan. Oikonomian. You see that in one ten. And the plan is, it says here, worked in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this eternal purpose, which comes from the will and counsel and good pleasure of God and yields a plan of God, then gets worked out in Christ. So I'll put here, worked, realized, performed in Christ. 3.11. What's the point of all this? Why does Paul do this? He loves this word according to, and he loves rooting things in purposes and plans and counsels and good pleasures and will. What, why does Paul think this way? Why does he go there for us and require us to go there with him if we're going to think his thoughts after him, which is surely what we ought to do with inspired spokesmen? So let's just restate it, and then I'll give you maybe three reasons why I think he does it. Remember, Paul has been chosen to be a minister of the gospel. His task as a minister of the gospel is assigned by God. Here's the purpose, to preach unsearchable riches of Christ, to bring to light a plan of the mystery hidden for ages but now revealed. All of that vocation and proclamation is so that the demons might have the hair go up on the back of their necks as they see the manifold wisdom of God, which is surely rooted right here in his counsel and good pleasure and will. And all of that demonstration of the wisdom of God to demons in the heavenly places through the church, which came into being through this preaching and through this making known, and through this working of Christ, this church, through the church, Jew and Gentile, united in the blood, the flesh, the cross of Jesus Christ, through the church is all according to an eternal purpose which flows from the will of God, understood as his counsel and his good pleasure, and that purpose creating a plan, plan to do what? for the fullness of time to sum up all things in Christ. And that plan gets worked out in Christ Jesus. Why would Paul take us there? My first answer is to show that God is not making up history as he goes along. He is acting according to an eternal plan an eternal purpose. Second, he has foreseen these authorities, these rulers. These are demons. 
They didn't take him off guard. He, he foresaw them. He foresaw their rebellion. He foresaw sin and everything that would flow from sin. And he took it into account. And it is part of his eternal purpose. His eternal purpose is that the manifold wisdom of God be shown to sinful beings. Therefore, sin didn't take God off guard. It's been part of the plan from the beginning. And God is not a sinner. And God is not evil. He is God. And nothing surprises him. And therefore, he takes everything into account. And finally, I would say, you therefore, church, you Jew and Gentile, you people who come from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and wonder if you are Johnny-come-latelys who really don't count, oh, you are part of something so vast, so deep, so high, so eternal. It is glorious beyond measure, and it cannot be stopped. It is that you might be to the praise of the glory of His grace. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons, Jew and Gentile, through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, nothing behind it. And here's the goal of it all, to the praise of the glory of His grace, or that the demons might see the glory that he might make known to them the infinite beauty of these manifold demonstrations of wisdom in God's will, counsel, and good pleasure.